Hey podcast, uh, this is a very special episode recently recorded with Jared Houston. I've been trying to catch him for a long time and the birthday boy recently turned 30. He got back in touch and said, yeah, Bru, I'm, I'm available for a chat. Um, so I had to take the opportunity. Uh, this podcast kicks off with a bit of a, a shock reveal from Jared. He sent through a bit of an image of me when I was... Um, much younger with much more hair and it was quite a pleasure so bear with us at the beginning that's kind of funny to hear the chat anyway but um yeah this is a great podcast it's really far-reaching so much uh discussed with jared um his thoughts on the tour his thoughts on life in general um his world titles plural and uh yeah what's in store for the guy this year so i hope you all enjoy it um huge thanks to jerry for getting on the line and really glad that his parachute opened enjoy you're gonna have a good chuckle. What are you gonna? What are you? Where are you sending it? What are you sending me? I'm sending it to. I'm sending it to your. Um, I'm sending it now, right now to Scott. Okay. Let's see if this Let works. Right. Let me see. In the messages. Here we go. Yeah. What's this? Jeez. Where did you find that? Oh my god! Where did you find that? I just, I just like saw it on Facebook the other day. Like, um, Get this dude, like, fucked. This dude, this, this dude from um, this place called Soul Spot in Portugal posted like this, all these um, photos, like saying like, oh, like you know, twenty years today, like, uh, oh my Soul god. Spot, like lucky to have like a couple of legends have passed through in the years, and all these photos, and well, this is one of them. Oh right? my god. <laughs> How's the hairdo I've got? Oh, my God. In- insane, bro. God, I wish I had that hair. Oh, my God, I miss that. Look at Winnie. Winnie's kind of fat. Bro, Winnie's think? kind of fat and yeah. he looks like so seedy, right? Yeah, yeah. He looks like a creep. Yeah. Oh, my God. I look like freaking Hansel out of Zoolander so much there. Oh, like a fucking hell. That's ridiculous. How good is that, eh? Oh, my God. That's, that's going I mean, up I on mean, Insta. I've been meaning to send it to you for days. I just when I got you on the phone, I was like, I don't know. Hit him with it now. Oh my god, that's great. Okay, saving that now. That's going to get a run. Wow, that must be from the Sintra comp. That must be from Sintra. It it is from Sintra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the bar on the beach there? Or what Uh, is that? It's not. It's not the bar on the beach. But the guy. I mean, I don't know where that photo was, but, Mm. but um. But the guy who posted it has this little like setup on the beach there, like a surf yeah. school slash coffee shop. Yeah, um, and maybe it was a bar before. I'm not sure, <laughs> you know. But he, you know, you you somehow got towed into the his celebratory post. So oh wow, you, ma- you made it. That's like that's from shit. That must be from uh, 2004, I reckon, or 2005. Yeah, it's like 2005. It's like 14 years ago. Probably someone around there, bro. Mm. Yeah, it's funny though, dude. Holy oh my shit, god, bro. that hair, that hair, that haircut's epic. Oh no, no, fuck, oh, I miss it. Damn, this is like ba- got bangers. <laughs> is it? Are they called bangs? They're called bangs. <laughs> so you're fully rocking some bangs, bro. <laughs> oh shit, that's cool. Hey, um, that's amazing. Um, how many how many chickens do you actually have on your property? Ah, uh, can you hear them? Yeah. But it's not a bad yeah, thing. There's, there's so many, bro. Like, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know how many there are. There's probably like, probably a good like 20, 30 around at any given time. Any of them yours though? Are you responsible for any of them or what? Yeah, I mean, I guess I am. Like they live here. They like sleep in the tree outside the house. Okay. 
but they, um, you know, they, it's like what you'd hear now is a blend of my neighbors and mine. They're having like a full on combo. Mm. And that's kind of like the, that just kind of sets the tone for, for life here, I guess. It's just kind of, that's the, yeah. that's the soundtrack of my life. Bro. That's Puerto Rico soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've started recording already because that's, I thought it was funny once you, once I saw this image, I thought we could get something there, but, um, yeah, good. What, what happened yesterday for your 30th birthday? Oh man, it was the craziest thing, bro. Like, so like, you know, I've kind of been toying with the idea of, you know, doing it skydiving for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, because over here, like, it's something that like everyone does. Like all, like most of the bodybuilders I know, like especially the older guys are all like big into skydiving. Right. And, and, um, and they just, uh, yeah, they just froth and they've always been like, man, you got to do it. Like, you know, love it. It's the best thing ever. And I was, you know, kind of been thinking about it for a couple of years, like, Mm-hmm. One of our one of our best friends is an instructor, and he's done a whole bunch of, whole bunch of jumps or whatnot. And um, I don't know, like on the morning of my thirtieth, I wake up and Natasha's like, oh, "I got your present, um, but you can take it back if you want. You know, you don't have to do it." I was like, "What is it?" She's like, "Well, it involves a plane and a parachute." And I was like, "Oh shit, Brian." She's like, "Yeah, it's on Thursday." So it's kind of like a pretty. So I found out on Monday. So it's like three day build up to it. You know, so I was pretty mm-hmm. nervous about mm-hmm. it. We get there yesterday, and it was all—it was all sweet. Like, you know, I was kind of—I was kind of more like excited than anything, just to see what it was all about. But um, you now we jumped from frigging fourteen thousand feet, which is pretty. I don't even high, like. Bro. Yeah, like I mean, I don't even really have much of a concept of that. Like, when we—do you know anything about like when you fly in a plane? Aren't we cruising at like thirty thousand feet? Is that usually like yeah. the cruising altitude? Yeah. I want to yeah, say. You, yeah, yeah, like like thirty thousand feet and up is probably like cruising altitude. Like a, a commercial airline is yeah. going between like thirty and thirty-eight thousand feet. Like yeah, when 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 you're fully going, you know. Mm. But you know when you when you get to ten thousand is when they say, oh, we've reached ten thousand feet. You can take a seatbelt so you can. Um, Oh, okay. All right. So that's you know, that so, so, seatbelt sign. So ten thousand, ten thousand is already pretty high. Mm. And then. You know, we went to 14,000 feet. It took us only eight minutes to get up there. Like, this plane was, like, fully going – the plane was going so vertical that I felt like I was going to slide off the seat and out of the door, you know? Shit. And the door was open. Mm. So, it's freaking – it's pretty daunting, right? Mm. You get out of the view. The view is insane. The view is insane. It's like sick as – I could see, like, everything. I could, had a full panoramic view of Puerto Rico. I could see across all the coasts. Mm. Um it was insane you know probably like one of the prettiest things I've ever seen and then all of a sudden it's just go time you know it's just like people just start jumping out of the plane and next thing I'm up and standing in the doorway and then it's just you're just freaking falling bro it's mm. crazy it's a crazy 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 feeling is like, it relatable to anything nah like I definitely can't relate it to anything you know it's um so it's like full sensory overload, you know, mm. and it was it was a long free fall. Like, cause from that height, we were free falling for like just over a minute. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so it's it's pretty it's pretty long, you know. Like, said, so like my brother flies like skydiving planes. He he does he does uh, skydiving drops in South Africa. He's a pilot, mm. and they and they they drop at nine half thousand feet, and the free fall is only like thirty seconds or so. Oh wow! So when I told him, when I told him, it was like over a minute. He was tripping, and it. it was man, it was it felt so long that we just. You know, and it was so loud and like mm. so much, so much emotion, and whatnot. And then once the shoot opens, just complete silence. Mm. And um, 
that part was super enjoyable until we started where all my problems started was when we started to try and um you know aim for the for the drop zone for the landing yeah, strip yeah, yeah sure we started doing spirals yeah to like uh. track around and kind of and kind of like um you know like g it all up hmm. and as we started as soon as we come out of the first one i was like oof i said to the guy i'm like wow i feel kind of i feel weird man he's like yeah yeah you'll feel you'll feel weird and I, we do the second one. I'm like, man, I feel nauseous. Hmm. He's like, yeah, that, that's normal. That's normal. We get when we get to the like, on the way down. I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm gonna vomit in the air. You know, I'm like, <laughs> this is this is gonna happen. You know, I'm gonna vomit. It's gonna fall down. It's gonna land on someone. You know, like I was just tripping. And then we land, put our feet down, and I'm just like, wow, what is going on here? Like I just felt, I felt so strange. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really process what was happening still because I just had so, I guess I had so much adrenaline pumping yeah, through yeah. me. Like I was just like tripping. I was in a daze. Mm. I went out, to, went out, took off the gear, and Natasha was like, "Oh, you have fun." I was like, "Yeah, I did." And she's like, "What's wrong?" I, like, I don't know. I just feel so weird. I could, like, couldn't really breathe. Like I was mm. kind of struggling, man, for the next hour. I was just like a convulsing mess, man. Mm. Like, I got, we, I, I spewed up at the place, like, went behind some, like, uh, containers or whatnot, like, completely wrong with my guts. So I cleaned out, like, you know, got to the point where it was just nothing, mm. just dry retching. And we got in the car, and I, like, kind of thought I'd be able to drive. So I drove and get, like, halfway home, and I just pull over and just full on just start retching, like, on the side of the road, like in my na- in my neighborhood, like my, like people that know me would have seen me, you know, like <laughs> full on, like just curl up on the floor outside my car. And then I kind of like clean myself up, like you know, get back in the car, drive, get like another three or four minutes down the road, like right near the house. I'm just like, oh my god, I got to go again. And I just like fall out of the car again, side of the road, like man, just a joke. Right? I get home, cold shower, just straight to bed, and I slept for like three and a half hours. That's crazy. It was crazy, man. I was just like, I guess, I guess it was just too much, you know, just too much for me. Like my body was just like, hmm. I, like I, I did, I did enjoy it, but I guess it was like, I guess it's almost like something that I have to do again to like fully appreciate all like the finer details because it was just such a, it was just such a psycho rush of everything that I just ended up in this like mess on the floor. Was it something you'd said, like your wife must have been kind of wondering whether you actually thought the gift was a good idea, probably in these immediate stages after landing? <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. She, I, I, guess, I guess she was. I guess she kind of felt kind of bad. Yeah, she yeah, like yeah. Because she's done it before. Mm. And, but it was, that was the other thing is that I felt so shit because like there were so many people there that I knew because like I said, like so many bodyboarders here do that. Mm. So at least like three other bodyboarders there and like plus this like really good friend of mine that I jumped with that was like fully frothing, you know. Mm. And I felt so bad because I couldn't like really like show how stoked it was because I was just <laughs> feeling so crook. Because like the thing is like I, I'm super stoked in the experience. Like I loved it, but I was just so rattled by like just how my body reacted. That's interesting. That's interesting. But like after reflecting on it, since all of the I mean when you were were you just dry reaching on the second and third rounds or was there actually still stuff coming up no nah, like by the third round I was just like fully just dry reaching you know like nothing was coming out this, the second time was like 
just like a lot of like you know like spit and like yeah. mucus and shit, shit like that you know no real like vomit but like yeah. that second time I fully like because I was just trying to hold it because I was in a place you know I felt embarrassed to stop and start vomiting on the side of the road yeah sure I was trying to hold it trying to hold it and then I just fully just bathed all over my steering wheel right? <laughs> like inside my car like just sprayed the shit out of it you know like I was like oh my god bro. <laughs> That was when I was like, you know what, like, just open up the door, get on the floor and just do your thing. Yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. But on uh, reflecting, like, was this this an idea that you'd had before? Like, I mean, was it something you'd mentioned, you know, to the wife in passing, you know, hey, skydiving's kind of cool, wouldn't mind doing it one day. You know, was that ever anything that you'd, like, did you ever have an interest in it? Like, yeah, I did. I definitely had, like, a big curiosity. Mm. And, you know, like, like, like I said, like, it's something that's kind of, I would almost say that I come into contact with on an almost daily basis because right. it's it literally like I'll be at the beach and there'll be a couple of guys out and they'll be like, oh man, like look, like yeah, today the wind's only coming up for 10, yeah, we're going to go jump, we're going to do a couple of jumps today. Like, oh, right, right yeah, okay. cool. Like, you know, so it's like, it's something that I almost talk about every day. Wow. Okay. So it's like, you know, I'll get home and I'll be like, oh yeah, like that, like so-and-so went to jump and, you know, this friend of ours, Yayo, who, who he's often comes around and he's like, you know, um, super into it and Natasha's done it like so many so many people that we know do it yeah so it's definitely something that I did have an interest in and had mentioned numerous times okay okay and um, do you think maybe a part of it was just the rapid kind of um, turn of events in that you know you find out on Monday and then by Thursday you're falling uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, it's like it, the lead up to it wasn't that bad. I wasn't mm. really that. I wasn't really that freaking out. Was, and even like even going up, you know, I felt like super relaxed. Um, I felt like super like trusting of the guys I was doing with, and like yeah. you know the whole whole process. Like when I got to like see what they do and how much they put into it and stuff, it's it's pretty. It's man, it's. I reckon like the risk is fairly low you know something yeah. with that being with that being said like one of natasha's best friends died in 2010 all right of an accident um you know so obviously obviously that you know it does happen but mm. um jeez man things gotta go pretty damn wrong for it to yeah for it to happen so i wasn't really like i wasn't i wouldn't say i was i don't think much of it had to do with with fear i think that it was just that i'd never ever done something so like ridiculously exhilarating and out of my comfort zone where I had like absolutely zero control because you're, mm. I'm strapped to like, I'm strapped to another person, you know, and I'm specifically told not to do anything. Mm. So like, you know, fully putting my trust completely in someone else's hands and then like my body too, because everything that he's doing has an effect on me, you know? Yeah. So when we're doing those spirals, I'm kind of like spiraling, I'm sort of out of control, you know? Mm. So I think I th- I think that it was more to do with that. And like my brother, like you said, like my brother flies the planes, and he reckons that he sees people like all the time get either vomit on the way down or hit the ground and vomit immediately. Yeah, right. So it's a it's 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 apparently something that does happen. Uh, yeah, relatively often. So they I don't put it on the so flyer, bad. do they? They don't put it on the web. Nah. You know, you never. I've never <laughs> heard of this. You know, and it's been happening a yeah. while. Yeah, bro, like, I, didn't, I definitely didn't expect that. And when I told him, he was tripping. He was like, what? I can't believe you're one of those people. Mm. I was like, yeah, well, I am. That's funny. Maybe it is that lack of control because I was going to say, you've, you've most likely had some, well, I mean, certainly you've had some exhilarating 
you know, moments on a bodyboard that would send your adrenaline levels through the roof. So, you know, yeah. you wouldn't think it was only the adrenaline rush that made you sick, but maybe nah. maybe that lack of control in that moment might have something yeah, to do with it. I reckon, that, I reckon that's exactly it because, like, say, you know, yesterday I was talking about it and my sister was also like, man, but what the hell? Like, you know, you've freaking, you know, ridden down some pretty big waves and put yourself in some pretty risky situations. And I was saying to her, yeah, but when I'm, when I'm in that situation, it's, I'm completely focused on trying to control the situation. Yeah. Whereas, like, in the situation I was in yesterday, you know, I was completely focused on just trying to, kind of like let go mm. um, and not try and control the situation because if I did, it would kind of, it would almost be detri- detrimental, you know? Mm. So I think it's definitely that feeling of not being in control mm. that, uh, that got to me, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you made it because, you know, um, back and forth on the messages yesterday, you di- I didn't hear back after, <laughs> you know, I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, yeah, okay, bro. cool, man. Give us a, give us a shout when you land and we'll, we'll do the podcast. And then, and then uh, like an hour or so passed, I was like, did the parachute open or what? Yeah, man. <laughs> it was, it was kind of gnarly when I, when I woke up, that's kind of the first thing I thought I was like, oh shit. Like I haven't, I haven't let anyone know that I'm, you know, alive. alive. Because a lot of people knew I was jumping before I jumped, you know, yeah, like my yeah. parents and you, and you, and then I got there and I checked your message like, bro, parachute open. <laughs> As I wrote it, I was kind of like, ha ha ha. And I was like, well, there is a chance. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't be. Yeah. Flip, man. No, yeah. I'm stoked everything. I'm stoked everything went well. I think vomiting was a small price to pay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I mean, on, on this, I mean, this was your 30th birthday. Um, and to kind of shift the subject a little bit to the left. Um, yeah. How does it feel to turn 30? You know, is there any emotion attached to that? Is, is there like something significant about this age for you? Or is this kind of just any other birthday? Yeah, I don't, no, it's definitely, you know, it kind of feels like a, mi- a milestone, you know, mm. like, um, it's, yeah, it's, been, it's kind of been a trip, you know, like turning 30, I mean, when I was, I remember being like, you know, Graham in Africa, mm. I would remember these 30 year olds that I knew, <laughs> um, you know, as a kid, I'm talking, you know, like mm. when you're kind of like 10 or 11 or, you know, maybe up until when you're about 18, mm. 30 seems so distant. So fucking and, old, um, right? They were old yeah, people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like seem like seem like old people, you know. Yeah. But like, even since you know, even obviously, obviously, one part of it is now that I get here, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not old, and I still feel like my best years are in front of me for sure. But it's like as well, like since like since I started traveling and stuff, I guess, I guess like I guess also kind of just different times, you know, like different times in in society, and even though it's only maybe like a ten or twenty year difference. I think that, like, maybe, you know, when, I don't know, maybe this is perspective. I just had this perspective that 30-year-olds were, like, these old, over-the-hill people, you know. And now mm. that I'm here, I'm just kind of, like, fully, you know, when people, if someone says to me, if someone had to ask me today how old I was, you know, my first reaction would be to say I was in my early 20s, you know, because yeah. that's how, it's, how I feel. I feel, like a, I feel like a kid in so many ways. Yeah. I still am a kid in so many ways. But at the same time, I've had, like, a fairly full life up until this point. You know, I'm a father... Um, and like, um, so it's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a pretty interesting position to be in. Um, mm. you know, 20, 30, 20, 30 is cool. You know, I feel like, you know, like one kind of chapter of my life, just like my twenties is behind me and they were, they were super good years. I had a lot of fun and, uh, achieved some stuff I always wanted to achieve, became a dad. Um, 
you know, married my wife, got a house, you know, a lot of things that I want that I've always wanted to do that I kind of didn't really ever have a time frame on, to be honest. Mm. But did them, and now, not that this is like has to be a next chapter or anything like that, but you know, it definitely kind of does feel like I'm heading into a different phase of my life. I've been kind of feeling that for the last like two years, maybe. Yeah. And so it feels pretty good to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I can relate. Like I, I do think for me when I turned 30, which is so long ago now, um, <laughs> um, but I, I just was happy that I'd ticked a lot of the boxes that I felt I needed to tick, you know, and not that yeah. there was any strong intention to do some of these things like get married and, you know, um, feel kind of stable in my career development, you know, for the next yeah. step. I definitely felt very comfortable turning 30 and, and yeah, but I think had I not um, completed a few of those life milestones beforehand, I probably would have turned 30 freaking the hell out and going like, oh my God, where's my life going? And um, <laughs> so I think it's one of those things. It's, it's, I think it's nice to hear that from you and I'm sure people listening to this, you know, that, that you do feel like, I mean, the question I guess is you feel, do you feel content with what you managed to achieve in that decade? Yeah, dude, I feel, I feel super, I feel super content, you know, um, but more, I think more than anything, I just, I sort of like the, the, the position I have on, on life right now is it's like, you know, even though it is short and, you know, it can end at any moment, it's also like pretty kind of like a long ride as well, you know, I mean, mm. 30 years isn't like, isn't any, you know, short amount of time. It's like three decades. It's, you know, a lot has been crammed in 30 years and I look at like, all the things that happened in my first 30 years of life where I was kind of like pretty inexperienced and kind of didn't really know exactly who I was or, um, you know, what I, I, I mean, I didn't know some of the things I wanted, but definitely didn't know who I was as a person. Um, mm. and like now, you know, I kind of really look forward to like my next 30 years, you know, and like, I, you know, now that, now that I'm in this position in life, I've met like so many really inspiring people that are like in their thirties or forties or fifties or sixties, you know, mm. and I see all the cool stuff they've done in that, in that phase of their life. And I just feel like super excited to, you know, for the next 30 years, you know, mm. I'm super grateful for my first 30 years and I'm like really excited for the next 30. I reckon that, I reckon that, uh, yeah, like honestly, feel like you know the best is the best is yet to come. Well, that's um, that's good to hear, and let's talk about the immediate, you know, to come because um, I think one of the things I wanted to pick up on this this chat. Um, by the way, how much time do you have to talk? I got no, I got I got time, bro. I got time. Cool. I just plugged in my, I just plugged in my phone for battery, so I think Rad. we're G, right? Okay, cool. Well, I was just going to do this as a bit of a you know a news update, but uh, I feel like we're kind of on a roll here, so I'm just going to keep asking questions until you get bored. Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that I think maybe the listener would like to know, I already know the the status of this but we, what what are the events that you're going to be looking at this year on the APB tour and you know is it a priority item for you you know you are the defending world champion so is is the competitive year ahead for you one that is a prioritized one or is it kind of just something you're gonna do in between things yeah it's 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 pretty great I mean, if you asked me this like at the end of last year it would have had a totally different answer yeah but, right. um it's kind of nuts because you know after one, you know, like so we'll take it right back to last year. That's had like a lot to do with, you know, everything. Was that go for it? Last year, last year I went through some, you know, like you know, some pretty big changes in my, um, you know, sponsorship situation, and 
you know, life in general, you know, personally, last year was a pretty, very, very challenging year for my family and I. Mm-hmm. And um, I had like this, uh, yeah, I kind of wasn't even going to, didn't really feel like I would be in a position to do the tour last year. Mm. And then, um, you know, Hubboard stepped in and, you know, we set up our, our deal and, you know, had an amazing relationship with those guys before that, but, you know, now so even more. And, um, you know, last year they were like, I thought, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, you know, I kind of feel like I'd like to win <clears throat> one more world title. And they're like, well, cool, do that. <sighs> and so I did the I did the events I needed to do and, you know, ended up winning. Did it. Um, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which, is, which is pretty awesome considering it was probably like it was easily, easily, like the year I'd the year that I put, not that I put the least effort into because, man, when I was at an event, I was 100% like, you know, at the event and doing the event, you know. But yeah. In terms of like my life outside of that was, you know, had pretty, very little to do with bodybuilding. You know, I was mm. working a job in production. I was working crazy hours for like pretty minimal pay, but just doing what I had to do to get by. Mm. And uh, after doing pretty well last year, you know, it kind of like set me up a bit better. Um, you know, and also kind of like, you know, kind of almost like reignited the fire as well, you know, because I was kind of feeling like a little bit burnout hmm. um, on the on the whole scene in general. But like the shift to what I was feeling the most burnout on was just like this whole like cool guy, hardcore kind of like aspect of bodyboarding. Okay. Um, but I was kind of just feeling like real tired of it, you know, I was tired of like trying to. You know, like say my whole career has been based on like trying to sell boards in Australia. Mm. Um, and that was like pretty hard to do as like someone who isn't from Australia. Yeah, sure. And so I, and so I felt a lot of pressure, you know, my whole career, like having to spend time in Australia and always having to think about what I can yeah. do to impress the, the bloody impress Australians. The, yeah, and like impress the Australian market and all this kind of, no, I mean, some of my best friends are Australians. Yeah, and I had sure. great times in Australia over the year and, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that for the world, but it was just like, you know, my, it was so heavily focused on that, that, you know, in Australia, like the kind of scene over there is pretty hardcore. Like everyone's pretty, you know, uh, picky and whatnot on, uh, on just, you know, things in general in the market. And I was kind of really burnt out on that and really burnt out, really burnt out on, you know, chasing the tour or trying to do clips and always just kind of thinking about how many boards I was going to sell, you know, yeah, that was sure. always like, that was always the main thing, you know? Mm. And, um, you know, since I signed with Hubboards, it was just like the shift, just focus completely to, you know, just being part of a brand that's really fun and cool and exciting and new. Mm. And, um, that was kind of aligned with exactly where I was feeling, um, with bodyboarding. You know, I'd go, I'd go bodyboarding, in the morning and I'd come back just feeling like on fire, you know, mm. like feeling, feeling so good, feeling I had so much fun. But then I'd like go online, I'd see all this shit and all the things people were doing around the world and everyone just trying to like, you know, what I felt was just trying to portray this image of body wearing. I just feel this doesn't really work anymore. What's that image though? Cause you, you said this cool guy image and I'm just like, I didn't even know we were cool. I think like, I think that's saying that body has been kind of failing after the last like, 20 years almost. Okay. Um, it's just trying to, you know, yeah, like for sure, like, you know, maybe, you know, not everyone thinks like this, but I reckon that like the focus we've placed on like the high performance and like hardcore side of the sport mm-hmm. 
has worked like extremely to our detriment over the years. Hmm. Um, I think it's something I've been trying since like the days of the Super Tour. And uh, that's kind of where the focus really shifted to, you know, riding these crazy waves and, you know, doing all this, um, you know, yeah, like really pushing the boundaries of what's possible in the body world, which is great. It has to exist. That side has to exist. But in doing that, I felt like we moved, we've placed so much focus on that that we've kind of like almost completely forgotten like the core reason why we all started body in the first place, which is like just to have fun. Yeah. Just to enjoy and to, to enjoy it. And like the, you know, the main reason we all started like bodyboarding. I mean, the reason I started bodyboarding was because it was easy. It was cheap. Mm. And, uh, and it was freaking fun. You know, I didn't start bodyboarding wanting to surf the right, mm. you know, and if, and if, and if, and if someone did, then that's cool. Like I'm not taking, I'm not trying to like, like devalue that at all. Mm. But I feel like we're placing all our focus on that. Like, Basically, like, also another thing is the comparison with surfing. You yeah, know? it's ridiculous. I still see, like, all day, all these days, you know, bodywing, people saying, oh, bodywing does this, bodywing does that. And it's like, look, like, surfing is, like, so far ahead of us, it's not even a joke, you know. Mm. It's, it's just, that's just that's just what it is, and it's just a completely different thing, and we're never going to get there. We will never, ever, ever be even close to that. Yeah. But what we do have is we have this amazing draw cards, right, a body, which is that it's freaking fun, and it's mm. easy. It's easy. It's something anyone can do. Anyone can do it. And the way that I kind of felt like, look, like me personally, like well, I, I love the feeling of pushing myself. Mm. And I, I love surfing big heavy waves or doing, you know, big moves. And I love that side of the sport. But I feel that in order for us to grow the sport or, or grow the lifestyle or freaking whatever you want to do with it, even if you don't want the lifestyle to grow Hmm. I think that we really have to like refocus our energies onto like, you know, the core principles and the top end of the sport is always going to exist. The hmm. tour, the heavy waves, the big moves, all that kind of stuff, because that's just human, human nature is to keep pushing that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've tried to push that from the top end for so long and created almost like this fallacy because there is no pro bodyboarding career anymore. Mm-hmm. There, 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 there isn't this that exists only for like a, you know, five people in the world, and so, you know, we keep on pushing that. We keep trying to sell that, which isn't real. I think that that's where we fail. Whereas I feel that we can sell what is real. That body wings fun and easy and cheap. That is something that's marketable, and that is something that can draw interest into the sport. And it's like, there's thousands hundreds of thousands of people maybe even millions of people around the world that own a boogie board yeah mm. that go to, they go to the beach on the weekend but those people aren't i mean especially like top end bodyboards don't see those people as part of what we do mm. see it as a completely separate thing and i feel like if we can find a way to bridge the gap between us and them include them make body inclusive again i feel like that's will be the catalyst for it to grow and expand because those people might not necessarily want to be involved in surfing the right mm. like actually i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they don't ever want to do that nah but never. they might want to go out the back and catch some waves and go really fast and maybe do an air one day yeah that might be something super inspiring and attractive to them and in doing that if we can if we can connect with that market with being just who we are just fun loving individuals i really feel that we could engage that market and bring them into what we call bodyboarding Mm. And they could be a part of it and start buying product from bodyboarding companies. And, you know, that 
I feel will create like a snowball effect. Mm. Did, um, the reason I went on this whole trans, this this whole long thing, I was about that, to bring you back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, is that um, you know, so I was feeling kind of real tired of this facade, and mm. um, basically, like last year, I did the tour because it was something I felt like I wanted to do. You know, not because anyone told me to do it, or because I felt I was going to sell more boards or anything like that. I did it because I'm competitive. I like competing. And yeah. I like competing against the best body in the world and I like surfing good waves and the tour for me was like kind of a way to do that. Mm. So I did it and it worked out great. I won the world title. I was super stoked and I was kind of like, all right, cool. I can maybe like go out of the top now and not, not do the tour again next year, maybe try and do something else. Okay. But, and I've kind of been doing that. You know, I started the camps and I've been having really a lot of fun with doing the camps and stuff. But what the camps did was kind of reconnected me with you know, focusing on all these little nuances in my surfing and whatnot because I'm, that's what I'm talking about every day. For like seven days a week, I'm talking mm. with a group of people that are super passionate about the sport mm. and I'm, help, I'm helping them work out everything in their surfing. And in doing that, I'm kind of like thinking about it myself. Yeah. And I've come into this year feeling like I'm surfing, you know, the best I've ever surfed, like by far. Don't say and, that. Uh, well, and like, I might have done heats with you. And it and it fully it, it fully reignited the fire. You know? I feel, <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling like the fire to compete and to to surf and do the tour burning brighter than ever. Wow! And um and so I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have another crack. I'm gonna try and defend my title. I'm gonna okay. do all the events ne- necessary to do that. I'm not gonna do Brazil. Um, okay, so you are officially skipping Brazil. I'm officially skipping Brazil because it's just too much of a. I think like there's more value for me in doing Chile because there's that, um, like the highest ranked um, star event there, plus like the two Grand Slams. Yeah. And uh, if I were to do Brazil, then I wouldn't do Arica, and Arica is like <clears throat> the crown jewel for me at the moment. So I yeah, really want to do those three. Mm. So I want to do those three, and then depending on what happens to Fronton, I'll either just do Fronton, or if Fronton's not on, I'll go and do Australia. So I can tick all the boxes. Okay. With all of the things you've just said, though, I've got to kind of pick you up on it. Um, so you've got the passion back and the – or the fire is burning bright, as you say. But you also kind of pointed out that, you know, like this whole high-performance tour stuff is still kind of problematic. I mean, how, how do you draw the line on – you know, do you believe that the tour is a good idea for the sport of bodyboarding? Like, because you said, you know, it's always been this top-down thing. We've been trying to do this whole super tour thing, and it's actually not, at least these is, this is how I've interpreted what you've just said. It hasn't really resulted in any growth for the sport or any kind of future being developed for riders in a sense. So, I mean, where do you draw the line on on that belief that, maybe this whole tour thing isn't a great idea for bodyboarding generally, but then saying, but you know what, I'm going to go and try and win a world title. Like, is there a line think, that you kind of battle with there? Yeah, for sure. I reckon that, like, I think, I think that the tour has a place mm. in bodyboarding, for sure. But I don't think that it should be the sole focus mm. of, of everyone involved in body winning. Like, I kind of feel like it is, you know, and a lot of people will say like, oh, no one watches the tour anymore, whatever, but yeah, people do, people do. And when it's happening, it's kind of like the main thing that's going on in body winning. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that it's super important in terms of like keeping body winning global. Um, like in my experience through doing the tour over the years, it's kind of like, 
like kind of unites the world, you know. And you go to these mm. places and you see like you see like how good the guys have gotten in Chile, and you see like how the sport, like Chile is the only place that I go in the world still where I feel like the sport's still growing. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that that's directly related to the world tour being so strongly. You know, there's three events in Chile, and the other place where body weight is still kind of strong, and possibly even maybe not growing, but sort of like holding on mm. is Europe. Mm. And that's another place with a lot of events. And I don't think it's so much as that people are aspiring to be pros, but I feel like there's activity. Yeah. Okay. There's like, there's activity happening. So I think the tour is a great activity, right? I don't think it's something that maybe if you're a grand straight out of school, that you should aspire to follow the tour, you know, this is what I did and so a lot of people did and it worked out great for us. Mm. Like I'm super happy. I would never have had it any other way. But, you know, being a realist and looking back now, it's kind of like, you know, you have, you have a lot of time when you're a kid. You can do a lot of things. Mm. You can do the tour. You can do the tour and you can do something else. But I feel like in saying that, I feel like the tour has a place as like an activity and yeah. something else happening in bodybuilding. But I feel that it shouldn't be the main focus, especially not – amongst people that are like tasked with managing the sport mm. um, or, or people that have an interest in managing the sport. The tour should be something that's happening, mm. but not, not like the, the main focus. And, um, you know, the, and what I'm, what I'm saying really with my desire to the tour is that, you know, I freaking, I love doing it. Mm. Like I don't do it cause I hate it. And I feel like it's what I need to do. Yeah. It's like, I, I want to do it now because shit it's like the thing that excites me the most yeah um and something else that's exciting me a lot is doing my camps and um and so i'm kind of just trying to find the balance there you know i'm doing one in june before i go away okay cool so ho- ho- hopefully that works out in the next season so like just kind of october onwards when i would get back from if we go to europe would be um that's october to to march will be full-on just um camping it out hard here Okay, and so on this, like, I mean, do you see this whole, like, for me as a, you know, as a person in and connected with the sport and and kind of the culture, to me, this is one of the most exciting developments in the sport in a long time is this this ability now with that riders like yourself and, um, you know, there's also Hardy doing his thing in, in Bali and, you know, I imagine yeah. there's going to be even more of this um, experience economy kind of um, popping up. What is the um, – how how important do you think this development is for the sport? Like because it seems like it's a – like if you were to look at your year ahead, I mean, it looks like you're going to be predominantly actually doing tourism as a business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how I'm, you know, I think it's, I think it's important, you know, in, in any kind of lifestyle, something to have these kind of like experience based, uh, well, like you said, experience economy, that's pretty cool term. I like that. (laughs) Um, but you know, I feel, I feel like with the, I feel like for me, it's, it's, could be offering something to people that they can remember as like a life experience, you know? Yeah. Um, so like a lot of people, something that's been really rewarding for me is that with the, with the campers I've had so far, is that every one of them has said to me like that, this has been, <clears throat> you know, one of the coolest things I've ever done or one of the most memorable experiences they've ever had to get to hang out here and experience my lifestyle a bit and, um, get a surf every day with me and, 
And sort of like the way we do it here as well, I mean, I can't, I've never been to one of um, Hardy or Body Body Winnings camps, they look insane. But, um, mm. but like over here is that it's kind of like, man, it's, you know, it's kind of pretty real insight to, you kind of just become like part of my family here, you know? Yeah, it's that's sort of interesting. Like, you know, the, the, the place, the place where everyone, you know, everyone that's been in a camp so far, like I really feel like they're a friend of mine now, you know? Mm. Um, because you get to hang out for seven days. For seven days, I'm just, you know, living, eating, and surfing these people, <clears throat> and uh, some really awesome characters. So, like, I think some of the biggest draw cards for me on it is that I get to meet people that are super passionate about bodyboarding, which I love. Yeah. Every time that a camp, every time a camp finishes, I feel like so positive in bodyboarding. Mm. Um, the second thing is I get to like see like some pretty tan- tangible results in people surfing. Hmm. Or at least like their the attitude towards the surfing, which I really enjoy too. Hmm. And then, um, and then the third thing is just um, just how much yeah, just how much fun we have. You know, it's like really a super fun week full of good times. And then, like I reckon that in terms of like the contribution to the sport, well, you know, it's a pretty small contribution. There is one because you know it's a dealing with a very uh, you know, small number of people, mm. but I kind of feel like it does filter down, you know, because those guys maybe now go home to, you know, where they live and maybe they pass on some of the knowledge they've learned over here or some of the principles or values they saw. And, um, and that goes spreading through the ranks, you know, and more than anything, just the stoke, like the stoke of it, you know, like these guys that, you know, that and girls, you know, we had, I had a, had a um, a woman camper as well who came over and she had a she had an awesome time and um, you know I really hope that, that they go back to their communities and um, you know pass on that stock and keep the keep the flame going. Mm. And and where are most of your initial kind of um, new friends coming from? Are they coming from the mainland or are they coming from Europe or where where are these people coming from? I had like a guy like Chris Hodges from the East Coast, from Virginia Beach. Okay. He came over for the first one. He chucked his hat in the ring for the very first camp. It was pretty sick. He was a really good. He's a really good bodyboarder. He actually um, he came over here and he wants to do a couple of tour events this year. Uh, yeah, did he compete somewhere? Didn't he go somewhere yeah, afterwards? Man. Yeah, he yeah he went to Hawaii. Yeah, and, um, he, yeah, I saw that. He got through, he, he got through the trials and got into the main event of Park. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and it was pretty, it was pretty sick, man. It was yeah. pretty sick. I actually, I, you know, we speak to each other quite a lot. He he uh, redid my website for me. He did such a sick job. Super oh, stoked sick. with it. Okay. And um, so he's from Virginia Beach on the East Coast, and then had a guy from Mexico. Yeah. Um, from Los Cabos, but he lived in he he's been living in Omaha, Nebraska, bro. Jeez. Like freezing, like ass of the world in the United States, and. Um, so he came down, plus a guy from California, Fletcher. Okay. Uh, he, actually, he, he came over, man. He, this guy, um, he's 11 times U.S. wave ski champion. What are those again? Is that like a goat like, boat? You, Is that a goat boat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Australian. It's a goat boat, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I was just like, okay, so. I had so many images in my head for a second. I was like, jet ski, wave ski. No, okay, so he's a bit of a champ. There's a champ from my hometown actually as well on that. Um, what's his name again? Yeah. Matt Caldwell. I, yeah. I think it's probably, I, I think this guy probably knows him. He's just talking about a couple of Aussies that are ripping. And, yeah, totally. Um, but it was sick, man. And he, he, like, right before he comes over, he's like, hey, so uh, what kind of, you know, like, is it cool if I just bring my own board or 
like, should I get a board before I come? And I was, he was like, because I've only got a, a handmade uh, epoxy board that I made. No way. So, so I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, bring bring what you got, man. He rocks up with mm. this, like, bro, insanely well-shaped epoxy, but like surfboard bodyboard, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds sick. But like, like, dude, he nailed it. Okay. But the thing was, the thing was super difficult to ride. Like, all right. If, yeah, like it was like really fast through mm. like flat sections, you know, like as you would imagine a surfboard kind of thing to be. But in any kind of curve, it was super difficult and really painful to land on. Like I tried a couple of backflips on it, and it yeah. was like landing on a rock. Yeah. And but anyway, I mean, he he, you know, he came out, chucked his hand in the ring. He had a great time, and it was super interesting to see someone like that, you know, who is really adept in the ocean. Like he's a surfer, he's a uh, wave skier. Like he's um, and all he wanted to do is just learn a different form of wave riding. That's super and, interesting. Um, That's super interesting. It was it was super cool, bro. And he was getting super like he because his like technical skill wasn't you know you know that high, but because he knew about waves, he would mm. like pick off the sickest waves. And I saw him get some really like psycho hollow tubes, mm. um, which was super sick. And then our last camp, we had a, a woman from Virginia Beach. Yeah, right. And then uh, another guy from California. Okay. And. Okay. Um, so it's been like, but yeah, mainly, mainly, well, all from the mainland or from, uh, from Mexico, but, um, but yeah, pretty cool mix of, pretty cool mix of people. That's great. And I mean, also, I guess the, I mean, I've never been to Puerto Rico, but, um, it's quite a big community of bodyboarders there, right? Like it's, it's not like you're like, they actually get to get a taste of a bodyboarding community, not just hanging out with you. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, I mean, we're going to the beach every day, like yeah. pretty much, you know, it's a it's a pretty kind of like kind of like a tight schedule. I mean, we're surfing like four hours in the morning, coming back pretty cooked. I mean, yeah. the water here is thirty to thirty degrees, bro. Right? So Jeez. it's like you know you get you get out of the water, you toast it. Yeah, that's heavy. And um, so we kind of lay pretty low, keep it kind of in the family. But yeah, I mean, when we go surfing, you know, there's like you know, sometimes you know pretty crowded and uh, all body waters, and everyone's been super cool with them. And people yeah. normally leave feeling like really stoked on the local crew in Puerto Rico because yeah, like the there's way more body water in surfers yeah, that's for sure. Okay. That sounds really cool. Um, do you have the schedule up for where, like, so that people who might be listening to this can kind of book in now or whatever? Is it available to start booking or how do they yeah, find Ju- out more? Ju- June's available. You find out more by going to houstonbodywearingcamps.com and mm-hmm. uh, you can sign up and pay and everything through there. And, um, yeah, like what's pretty cool about, you know, the camps we do is that it's all inclusive. From, from, yeah. from the moment you get here to Puerto Rico, you set. I pick you up from the airport, all your meals are covered, all the water you're going to drink, yeah. uh, all, tra- all transport. So, it's um, yeah, it's pretty fun. And um, now that I've been talking about it, I'm going to do the winter schedule as soon as I get off the phone with Josh. So, um, <laughs> there it, you go. It, it'll, it, it'll be up there by the time you guys uh, hear this. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Um, so, with this moving forward then, you know, like you're, you're, you're going to – have another go at the tour and you're going to do what you need to do to be kind of in contention for it. Um, you're going to continue to develop this kind of side of your, um, I guess your business with the, with the tours and the coaching and stuff like that. How does all of this fit within, um, your kind of your relationship with hub boards, you know, like, cause I've noticed that Jeff and Dave have kind of very much, you were all ideologically on the same page when it comes to um, kind of taking the sport or the pastime of bodyboarding back to 
it's more pleasurable and more, um, you know, back to its roots a bit where it wasn't so serious and, and, you know, those guys seem to be really pushing that through hub boards. Is this, is there some kind of bigger strategy here with hub boards that kind of everything fits within? Um, I don't really think it's a strategy. I think it's just like, um, I mean, I mean now that we, you know, cause we're three people on the same page, I reckon, yeah, it's definitely like the way we kind of want to see things move forward that we kind of like, going to be pushing in that direction but I guess it's just I guess you could just say it's kind of coincidence that we all kind of think that way okay I mean um, I definitely would say I was like on the, I mean we kind of I guess we were all were on the opposite side of the spectrum you know mm. you know Jeff's like one of the most accomplished bodybuilders ever he's been pushing the high end of the sport for freaking I don't mm. know how many years mm. uh, Dave too has been pushing the high end of the sport Dave kind of like encapsulates for me like what you know, riding a bodyboard is all about, you know, kind of yeah. like how versatile he is and just how much, like, fun he's always having, all the different things he's doing and stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that, for me, like, kind of, I guess I kind of, like, almost kind of where it's kind of started, this mindset change for me. Is that, you know, he came over and stayed with me last year in March. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, riding it. Man, like, you know, he came over and it was probably, like, the first time I rode a bodyboard in, like, a couple of months. Wow. Like, you know, I, I was just riding a surfboard a lot because I was having so much fun doing something new. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, why are you riding a surfboard? And I was like, well, because it's something new. He's like, well, stand up on your bodyboard. He's <laughs> like, nah, it's way, it's way too hard. And he's like, dude, try it, you know? And I was like, all right. So I was watching him do it, and I was like, man, I'm blown away. That looks sick. <laughs> so I started doing it, and man, like, you know, it just kind of almost you know, reignited the fire with me getting in the water on my bodyboard again because, you know, kind of sometimes – Especially when you have this competitive mindset for so many years, you know, you're just going on, you're like, cool, I've got to do like five backflips this session, I've got to do four inverts. And, you know, like, you know, I had that mindset for a long time where going surfing is kind of always trying to do, always trying to achieve something, always trying to tick off some boxes. Mm. And I think that, you know, after, you know, like kind of spending some time with Dave and seeing him surf, and, you know, also I've had a relationship with him for so many years, like, mm sort of like open my eyes a bit to like that fun side and just kind of having fun with the bodyboard. Um, and I don't know, that was kind of like a turning point for me. I just like started getting in the water every day. It was summer, the waves were shitty, but I was just going out there like so frothing, like five in the morning <laughs> and like I'd, dri- I'd drive around, check out like the best sandbar for like for stand-up boogie and like just, you know, get out there and just, you know, always using my board and having good times with it. And, and um, you know, I kind of, yeah, just that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. I just I love getting in the water. I just love being in the water. Hmm. And I've even been trying to like ride a couple of ways, drop me and stuff, which I suck at. Hard, yeah, drop me's weird, man. I I kind of can't go there. Yeah, it's super weird, bro. Mm. But it's, I don't know, it's just enjoyable. Dude. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I like I really froth. I really froth that you can just ride a ride a boogie in so many different ways. Bro. Yeah, like, yeah. And, even just like skimming on the beach and stuff and like that's something also now that like I'm you know hanging with my daughter a lot and now we go to the beach and stuff and yeah like sometimes I'll be like trying to push her into waves and all she wants to do is just like use the boat as a slide on the beach yeah yeah and I'm just like you know well that's cool that's just another use bro yeah there's another use and I think that's what that's something that I find so attractive about bodybuilding as well is like it's not this like hard thing that's going to impale you or that you got to like tiptoe around and like yeah. you can't drop it or put it anywhere. Like you got to like put it in, it's like in a bed pretty much like with a surfboard, you know, bodyboard, you can freaking chuck the thing off the second story roof into the back of the truck 
jump off the balcony in on top of it and then go and surf and it'll still go just as good you know yeah yeah totally totally it's just a really cool little uh little vehicle well, so that's i think cool. that um now what do you say well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, I think it's really cool. Like, there's no doubt that anyone listening to this can kind of hear that you're certainly frothing on all levels when it comes to bodyboarding. Like, there's no denying, <laughs> there's no denying that. Um, when it comes to the kind of this competitive side, though, for the year, I, I wouldn't mind looking a bit at the, um, just at like the bigger kind of picture for the APB. Like, we, we, you know, from behind the scenes that, you know, the riders have been, back and forth on a number of things already this year to try and figure out, you know, what kind of tour do we want and what, what do we want to achieve with the sport and things like that. Um, what are some of the, like, what are some of your opinions on, like, you know, because we, I don't think it's any secret that the APB is still basically focused on high performance, extreme wave events, and there is really nothing else that it's doing. Is that enough or like what, what do you think it needs to consider um, in order to remain relevant moving forward? Um, there's a lot of things, you know, but I think that, um, look, I think that, you know, first year I reckon, you know, APB was, you know, has done a pretty good job up until this point. Um, I definitely feel a lot of gratitude to Alex and Terry and Co and whatnot for picking the tour up, like from the heat was in after 2013. Especially for people that were like, because you know, the reason that we all want to do the tour is because we're passionate about it. You know, yeah, it's, um, it's something I enjoy doing. So I'm really grateful for those guys to have done that. Um, but I really do think that moving forward, like I said, is I would kind of like in, like to see the APB sort of like revamp completely in that. It's sort of um, you can still be called ABV, um, mm. because as profession as professional bodyboarders, you know we do all care about the well-being of the sport. Mm. But I would kind of like to see the APB take on more of a role as like, yeah, just trying to maybe uh, grow the sport in different ways. You know, by redirecting the focus at region. You know, there's a lot of talk about regions, and yeah, they've you know they've tried to do a couple of things get regions set up, but I haven't really seen any real work get done in terms of like really, um, you know, working with key people in each place to uh, to work locally to um, you know inject some froth into bodyboarding. Yeah, and I feel that you know obviously the FB is pretty tied up with you know trying to run the tour, which has you know sometimes can be problematic and uh, very time consuming. Mm. And my personal opinion on the matter is that if you know is that it shouldn't it doesn't need to be that way. I yeah. think that um, that I think that if good enough relationships are established with promoters like to be honest like promoters run events like there's just nothing else to be said about that yeah they could be you can maybe send some emails and you know sign up a sanction and whatnot but promoters put the events on and Mm. i think that with or not with you know whether or not the apb is involved in events like the events are going to keep happening yeah um i definitely like to see events happening under a blanket and being part of a tour and i think that there's definitely ways that can be done Mm. without the apb having to have that as their sole focus they're just into running events because they're not running events. They're doing like double work. It's kind of almost like butting your head against a wall, mm. trying to run an event that you're not going to run. 
This is kind of the the on the ground bit of like the promoter, like, you know, because I think what people probably want to hear about, and it's still a bit of a controversy for bodyboarding. We haven't really spoken about it much in the public kind of discourse is that, you know, the front on situation um, last year where it didn't receive the sanction. Um, And I mean, effectively, it is this question that came up about the promoters kind of not really wanting the APB to come and be there so much and they just wanted to put on a cool event and that's kind of it. That's the, you know, they want it to be an APB event but they kind of don't seem to want all of the all of the extras that come with what that means presently, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is that, you know, the thing with, the thing with that, I mean, you know, it's a bit of that, that specific issue is, you know, kind of sensitive because of the parties involved and whatnot and, yeah. you know, like... Um, there's obviously some personal things there as well and, you know, a bit of a testosterone and all that kind of thing. But I think that the, I think that the basic issue, um, is that currently the running event under the APB banner is sort of seen as a, um, somewhat of an, not an unnecessary cost, but like an excessive cost, mm. um, for promoters. And in many ways, it is, hmm. but at the same time, I do feel that it is necessary for events to be under an APB banner for for the tour to be able to be a tour, you know, because if not, it will just be events happening in different parts of the world that people can go to they want to, which if that's the way it has to be, then that's the way it has to be too, but hmm. I kind of, I, I, am, I am a believer in in the tour, and yeah. in events forming part of a tour. And I know that that's what promoters want as well because that's really what's attractive about doing an event is having it being like world tour status. Mm. But I think that I really feel that like a lot of a lot of work has to be done in terms of finding a common ground between the promoter and AP relationship. Mm. See, I, I, you know, as you know and as the listener knows, you know, my, my involvement back with bodyboarding, you know, it's very fresh still. You know, like I, I wasn't around for the for the probably the deep depression that everyone was feeling when the IP, IBA kind of crumbled and, and all of the drama yeah. that followed. So I missed all of that um, soul-searching and all of that probably desperation which took place back then, and I'm sure everyone was really hurting. And, and, and you know, I, I probably have a lesser appreciation for the the, the bounce-back that's happened with, um, with the APB. You know, like um, it's like five years since that moment when the APB was kind of launched and we're yeah. here today. And, you know, like, I mean, as far as I can tell, this is the, this year in my whole experience, including my kind of early days, um, this tour this year is, is the best tour I think I'm ever going to have competed on near enough, you know, like it's got ep- pretty epic events lined up. A lot of them um, in great locations, if everything kind of goes well with Fronton and whatnot. So it looks great, and I can't yeah. deny that it's um, it's certainly a great moment in the sport on that level. But for me, with this promoter discussion and the APB, I kind of think that often some of these promoters underplay the value of the APB in terms of, like, the media reach that the APB's managed to build over these years, you know. Like, there's significant numbers that come through these platforms now to watch APB events, you know, they're not, they're undeniable um, 
assets that I, I just feel often the promoters forget that, you know, if you have a live stream, that's great, but you've got to have an audience and the APB actually has a big audience, you know. So, you know, for me, I kind of look at it like the APB might actually be underplaying that itself as well. Like maybe they need to worry more about being the best media platform for promoters to sit on top of and leverage for their, you know, for their events rather than try to be this sanctioning body that kind of has rules that, you know, and conditions, you know. I, I guess that's kind of yeah, how yeah, I've been no, looking at it. No, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that um, I think that's definitely that definitely is. A, uh, I think I think well, I think already that's kind of like the the promoters that do work with AV and you know support the AV. Definitely, that is the draw card for them. Yeah, it must be right. Is, and 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 also the fact that it makes it official. You know, like yeah. it's a it's an official thing to be a part of. You know, part of the world tour. You're part of this. Uh, you know, multi-stop tour that uh, puts your country or your local government, whoever's paying you know, the bills, um, mm. you know, puts them up, that gives them return on the investment, especially with the media reach, you know, which yeah. is, is significant. You know, people want to, people can say what they want to say. Ah, oh, it's not this, not that. But you know, at the end of the day for bodyboarding, it's the biggest, it's the biggest media outlet. Yeah, sure. it is. But, mm. but it could be, it could be a lot bigger. Yeah, right. For sure. You know, I think, and I think that comes from, I think that's something that they've been improving a lot is that instead of, instead of, you know, trying to micromanage this tour, which I really feel could sort of manage itself. Um, they could, you know, put some extra time into investing in the media side of things mm. and, um, and growing that, but from within, you know, like actually, because right now, like you say, you know, you, you, you do an every event. I mean, say like, let's use front as an example. Like, I don't know what their numbers are. They had in their webcast last year. But I think they were a bit lower. I think they were significantly lower. I was watching it, of course, like most of the other bodyboarders on the tour. I wished I was there. <laughs> and um, yeah. so I watched the event because, you know, I wanted to see what happened. And I think the numbers were a lot lower without that APB um, audience being kind of triggered to engage. Like it certainly didn't yeah. have the same numbers. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, well, you know, for sure, I think that that probably would be the case. Mm. Um and I guess that that would probably be a draw card for Frontline wanting to be involved this year. Yeah. But I think that I think that in the side of the promoter, you know, they're sort of going, okay, cool. Like that's definitely that definitely holds value. Yeah. But you know the the input we still have to put in, which mm. is normally like you know is is pretty significant to have it under that banner. Mm. I think that that's where people kind of get stuck. Yeah. Um, and I I personally really feel there are you know some things that um are kind of not really necessary that and you're talking about the the staffing aren't you are you talking about like technical directors and all that kind of stuff that maybe it can be managed in a local way i really do feel that that's something can be managed in a local way yeah um you know i really i really do feel that anyone who puts on an event especially Mm. with the promoters everyone that i know in the world over the past 10 years of being involved is that kind of all have, you know, body wings, best interest at hearts. Maybe yeah. they have different approaches to it, different ways of doing it for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, everyone wants to run a good event, you mm. know, and no one's, and, you know, like some things are just like, say, for instance, like something at Eureka, right? Mm. Like something that happens pretty consistently at Eureka is that the webcast drops out or something. And then because Alex is there, 
it's all of a sudden he takes it upon himself mm. to to fix that where he has absolutely absolutely zero control and absolutely zero say mm. and absolutely zero sway mm. whatsoever. And he's just he's just a guy speaking English in South America trying to get the webcast happening when there's like ten Spanish speaking. Um, employees of the event who are doing the same thing, mm. you know. So it's it's all happening at the same time, and I kind of feel like that's sort of pointless, and it creates like unnecessary, unnecessary stress. Unnecessary, like you know, like man, that's every time when we leave, you know, Alex is like kind of hating it. You know, he's like, man, like this sucks, and I don't. Have, he knows he doesn't have any control over it. He can't do yeah. anything about it. It's out of his hands. But because he's there, it becomes his problem. Mm. Do you think and it's I like think that yeah? Yeah, is it is I he putting it on his shoulders on purpose? Like, what do you think is going on here? Because it seems like it might be a cultural thing. Dude, Alex is just super, super passionate, bro. Alex is like yeah. one of the most passionate, like you know, big-hearted people there is. And I think yeah. that he just, um, you know, I know the reason that he's doing this and the reason he's done this for so many years is because he's just a frothing body one. He just wants yeah. to see all the guys stoked, and he's got his dreams in the sport and whatnot. But like, I, yeah, I feel like I feel that you know, with him being there, with any kind of AB technical director being there, it's sort of just like a this, you know, that just feels an unnecessary presence, you know. Mm. Or maybe one one can be there, but not two. Um, I think that flying judges from like the four corners of the earth is kind of difficult. Um, yeah, I think that's a bit of a that, problem. That, I think there needs to be some more emphasis placed on like you know getting guys more regional, which you know they do do to some extent. But I think that further work can be done there. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot that can be worked on. A lot can be improved on. I think that something super po- uh, positive that's happening right now is like, um, is uh, is yeah. I think that what's. I think that our kind of like writers, you know, committee is super positive, and uh, I think there's a lot of good ideas coming out of there, and a lot of good discussion happening. And, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of good ideas there too. Like I agree. And, and one of the things, I, I mean, my controversial idea on this is, um, I don't know if I've shared this one with you. I've definitely shared it with Ian Campbell. He just shook his head. But um, my, um, <laughs> my, my radical idea is to actually get the riders to, to take more on um, actually when it comes to these events on the ground, to be honest, because we're already traveling. We're already going to be there. And to be honest, bodyboarding is so small that I do think – we do have the capacity and we've got the skills. Like I actually think there's a lot more that riders can actually do on the ground um, rather than always look to the officials for like, hey, why isn't this working? Um, I actually think the riders should be like, hey, looks like it's not working. What can I do to help? And and I know that there's this kind of um, a lot of people get stuck in a conflict of interest mode, but like, even to the extent that riders could be involved in judging. I actually think I would actually encourage that we could save one judge's position and just have a rotating rider um, judge any heat because... Yeah, yeah I've, 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 heard, I've heard that one before. I've heard yeah, that, yeah. That well. And, I mean, for me, it's actually like an educational opportunity for and like a, a bridge-building opportunity as well as it is a cost-saving measure because, to me, I think one of the biggest things I've noticed is that there is often a disconnect between what the judges think is good and what the riders actually appreciate. And that's yeah. a very... Um, it's always a tricky conversation that always ends up in a bit of a, um, you know, what's the word? Both parties kind of just leave the table going, I'm right. Um <laughs> where I and I and I think that's that's uh, kind of that's very defensive. It's not like a um, it's never an, it's never a discussion that reaches some kind of um, 
consensus. It's more of a winner takes the prize and moves on. But um, yeah, I mean, like I, I didn't cut. Like I would, I wouldn't have one problem if you were judging one of my heats. If you were one of five judges, because you know we all know that the top and bottom score gets removed, and then the average yeah. of the middle. And so there's really no risk of, and nor that I'd see. I wouldn't worry about you trying to, you know underscore me for any personal reason you know like i just don't think you've got it in you anyway and and neither do most of i don't think any of the writers have that in them that kind of behavior like we're a good bunch like it's um it's a really good group of people um i've got to say like yeah i've never been associated with that many good people in one place who all have a you know a positive attitude and who all um have a passion for something and a and everybody kind of congratulates each other, you know. Like, there's never the, the rivalries aren't really there um, in a big way, you know. Like other sports have. Yeah. So I just feel it's just like super, it's just know. oh, it's just all super personal, right? It's a super yeah. personal thing. It's a super mm. personal thing, but I think that's kind of like to its detriment sometimes. I think that that's where these like like a lot of problems that everyone's gone through um, have been somewhat because of that, because mm. it's just too. Everyone's too close, but I, I, the judging idea, like I, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't mind that. I think that's something definitely to be explored. Yeah, um, could take the pressure off I'm promoters, not. just as one thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, that is one thing for sure. Um, I think the other major thing right now is like the webcast versus like highlights package. Ooh, where do you stand on that? Um, I think that like in terms like cost effectiveness I feel that just like cost effectiveness and reach I reckon that you know probably a highlights package kind of thing is is uh, maybe better yeah I'm probably with you on that but I do feel like that there is um, I do feel that like there's this culture of webcast watching which you know still exists to a large extent and also that I know, like, from the experience of having been involved in the running of an event here in Puerto Rico, that a webcast is actually, like, a very attractive um, a very attractive for local sponsors. Oh, it is. To, the live? Uh, the live is? The, li- the, the live feed, yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. And, and maybe let's just, uh, like, because I think many people may not realize this about you, is that you do have that perspective of behind the scenes, right? Because was, it, it, was that through the Encanto Pro that used to be held yeah. in Puerto Rico? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I never really had like any kind of position there or whatever, but, you know, that's my wife's event, Natasha's event. She ran yeah. it. And um, so, you know, I lived in the same house as the person who was producing it. Yeah, sure. You see the behind the scenes. Yeah, I kind of I kind of always maintained like a bit of a distance, you know, because I just, at the time, I thought that's what I needed to do. But if we ever did it again, I'd definitely be more hands on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, dude, like, Running an event, running a bodywing event is a lot of work, bro. People do not realize how much work goes into it, um, especially if you do it well, like she yeah. did. You know, it's it's a it's a lot. It's a it's a big thing, man. It's a big thing. There's you know government level sponsors involved, especially like in terms of Puerto Rico. It's a small island, but it's a it's um it's a big place at the same time. You know, four million people, and um. Man, it's 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 insane. It's insane watching it all go down. Mm. Like it's a, it's a year, it's a year, it's a year of work leading into it. It's crazy, huh? Uh, you know, it's literally the event ends, and you know, a couple like a month or two later, you're already working on the next edition. Yeah, and um, that's another thing that you know, where I've always been kind of pretty, you know, 
vocal about the six month confirmation rule or three month confirmation rule, whatever is that uh it's a pretty hard thing to do. It's a pretty it is. hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do, man. It's a hard thing to do because you because you take on a lot of risk. Especially if you're someone who's passionate about this is why I come down this is why I come back to the passion thing. You know? It's like especially if you are someone who doesn't give a shit, mm. you're like, cool, I'll go and confirm the event and if it doesn't happen, yeah, then then you just kind of take down yourself or you just kind of brush it off and whatever, you know, that yeah. is what it is. But if you're someone that lives and breathes body when you really care about it, it's yeah. like you kind of, you can't, although like, you know, seeing it from a rider's side, you want the event to be confirmed because you want to, you want to buy a ticket and you want to go, you know, yeah, and you yeah. want to know, you want to plan your year, you want to plan your life. And that's a hundred percent sweet, but it's like the same time the promoter really isn't in a position to mm. confirm event until they know it's going to be able, they're going to have the funding mm. because if not, they just let everyone down. Yeah. Which, and, and these are normally people they care about. These are bodyboarders. Mm. They don't want to do that. So no one wants to confirm an event until they know it's confirmed. And sometimes you're dealing with, you know, these, you know, massive freaking governmental agencies that are either corrupt or, um, don't follow the schedule they've put out. Um, you know, you really are, relying on them completely to confirm and even in the even in the past man like i'm talking like amounts of money have been confirmed and then two weeks after the event they disappear yeah right disappear and um and you know the first couple of editions and sasha took a freaking huge loss bro huge yeah. huge loss from things like that happening where she went full on and did it and made it happen by magic and you know all kinds of different ways to do that but talking like yeah, significantly down and, you know, kind of just all pushing it through by heart, you know? Mm. But it is a lot of work. It takes a lot of planning. And, um, yeah, I've got, like, huge respect for anyone who puts on an event. To, to draw a line under this bit of the conversation, because there is one last question after this I want to get out of you, but um, what's the message, I guess, to the listener on this? Because I, I, I think it's no secret that um, – and look, I know the APB guys always get a bit uncomfortable when we start to talk about what's good or bad about the APB. <laughs> so, you know, I'm expecting Alex and Terry to go, hey, what are you guys talking about over there? But that's cool because I'm like, I think it's great that we're open and, and we discuss, you know, what's good and what's bad. And I feel like we've probably balanced that out. But for the, for the listener, what's your message to them when it comes to, because it's a pretty demanding audience at times. So what's your kind of message to them about the APB and what we do and how it actually ends up getting delivered. Is there anything you want to say to them? I think that thing I can, I think that, um, it would just be cool. People could realize that like, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot more to it than what it seems. It's not so simple as the APB organizing something or as the promoter organizing something. There's like, there's a lot that goes into everything. Mm. Um, as with anything in life, mm. and with in 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 bodyboarding, like specifically, the people that are doing whatever they're doing are doing it out of passion because they love it. Yeah, and they're not always they're not always gonna get it right. So like something that kind of like gets something that gets me down, and I know that it gets like a lot of people down that are involved in the sport is like you know when there's like some pretty harsh negativity being thrown out on the internet, mm. <laughs> and Obviously, everyone's got their opinion, everyone's entitled to share it. But I think that, like, there are 
I think that like something I like a lot about what you're saying about the riders you know, being more involved in events. Well, I like that like the public and listeners, you know, like there's a lot of intelligent people involved, by the way, a lot of passionate people involved. And like there's people out there listening to this and probably going like, okay, cool. Like we wanted to do this or wanted to do that. Mm. And I really feel that like, you know, I think that everyone can agree when they say we'd love to hear those ideas. We'd love to hear what you guys think and love to hear what, what contributions you can make, you know, because getting online just blasting that view of blasting such and such promoter or such and such rider and whatnot is like maybe, you know, it goes only that far, but yeah. like you're in a position because body winning is so small, you're in a position to make a real contribution to the sport that you're in because that stuff gets read. Yeah. Like, you know, that stuff gets read, um, it gets seen and it doesn't just go under the table. Hmm. So if you've got something that you really feel can make a difference or that you'd like to see it done and whatnot, well, you know, communicate it. You can communicate in a positive manner, preferably, but if you can't, then communicate it whatever, whatever means you have possible. But, you know, yeah, make yourself, make yourself heard, make yourself known. And um, I think that, you know, we're all, I really feel like we're all in this together. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great message for everyone to, to kind of let sink in it's um it is driven by passion it's not um nobody's becoming a millionaire bodyboarding even on the administrative level and you know in promoters you know like promoters are kind of just doing the event and scraping by and as you said often taking losses because it is a it's a tricky um game to play um Thanks for sharing your thoughts and all that. And um, any listeners with anything to say, you know, there's a comments section and you can throw lots in there and we'll all um, cop it. But um, the um, the final question, I guess, is uh, it is about the tour again, but it's more about like who, you know, it was a pretty tight competitive end last year. Um, yeah, and the me. year, yeah, <laughs> and the and the year before though it was it was basically the Ian Campbell show, and it kind of really was pretty much wrapped up um, relatively early. Um, well, you're feeling pretty good about the year ahead. Um, who are you kind of looking at as the main players this year? Like, who who are your picks of who's going to be? You know, by the time we get to Oz. And we see, you know, what's going on. Who, who do you think is going to be in contention? Um, I reckon that uh, I reckon Ian will hundred percent be in contention again. Yeah. Um, I reckon that Tristan. Yeah, he's high be, on my list. We'll be right. We'll, we'll be right up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the I guess the obvious choices, you know, as usual, you know, Pierre. Yeah. Um, it's always a. It's just always a standout. Um, Tanner, Tanner's actually becoming strength to strength for the last few years. I mean, he came really close last year to to, to winning. Yeah, it was only one uh, air reverse in it, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a couple, couple, of, a couple of minutes away. Yeah, it was a couple some of minutes. Freak, some, some wanker came and pulled the rug out of my feet. But, um, you know, I, like, I probably feel that, yeah, those kind of, those four guys are probably, you know, I guess that's kind of like, what is that? Is that was that the top five from last year? It or? pretty much was. So let me rephrase it because I think, like, they were obviously going to be in that top list. But let's, like, I mean, try to maybe branch out. Like, who do you think is going to be dangerous? 
I reckon yeah. I really I really feel like Alemunia is going to be pretty dangerous, especially uh-huh. in South America. Yeah, um, okay. he's been he's been ripping from what I can see on like uh, Instagram and that. Yeah. Um, who else, man? She's I'm trying to wrap my brain. You know, like I reckon that um, I don't think Amari is going to compete this year. So I think mm. that he's kind of not really going to be in the mix. Um, there's gonna, you know what you know what I am kind of looking forward to I'm kind of looking forward to like the the different like spoilers at different events we're gonna go to this year you know like yeah. I feel like I feel like Bodyweight's really opened up in the fact that there's like some really good guys at like each location now that don't necessarily travel mm. um, that don't really do the whole tour but they kind of shred mm. um, like uh, I think like in Australia will definitely be some you know Australia will be a really interesting event. It's going to be really cool. That's going to have a big play on the title this year because there's going to be like all these guys that aren't really competing much and kind of um, will pop up for that event. Yeah. There'll probably be some good, there'll probably be some really good wild cards again. Like, I don't know, like, you know, like maybe like Jeff and those guys will go over for that event. Yeah. Um, I actually think Dave's going to do a couple of events this year. So I think Dave is. Um, he's a spoiler, certainly. I mean, I mean, he's a legitimate yeah. threat. If he did the whole tour, he'd be a contender yeah. as well. But like, he's certainly a spoiler. He was definitely a spoiler in Nazare last year. Like, yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited to see what, uh, to see what you put on the table this year. Seeing you've been who me? Some laps. Yeah, <laughs> get lost. I'm pretty, keen, I'm pretty excited. To see what, I'm pretty keen to see what you can put on the table. Uh, get lost. And I'm, re- I'm really hoping that there's, um, I'm really hoping there's some new guys. You know, like the kind of one guy that's, that's pretty good, I reckon. Mm. And uh, I think he's gonna go from strength to strength throughout the year. Is um, Isaias Ravik from yeah. Brazil? Yeah, yeah. This was more where I thought we'd go. Like, I, yeah, because I, I do agree. I think he he can be a spoiler for sure. And the person I was going to say as well, off the back of his performance at Pipeline, is like Sammy Martino. I do think he's got that kind of um, guy. He's got like a a really strong desire. I, I, yeah. I you see it in his surfing. Like it's like. It's almost like every wave is the last wave of his life, and um, I feel you know, like he's got that kind of energy about him when he's when he's competing too. Like he's really he's got the fire in him. So I think um, he's certainly um, someone who I who I think could be a spoiler. But then also, you know, there's one person who I reckon um, I don't know if they'll. I've never quite understood, but Uri Valadao. I think like it, from what I'm seeing of him online. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen him surf as kind of amazingly well as he has on this Cook Islands trip he's been doing. Some of the clips that he's dropping are, like, crazy. Like, some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he's I, a, I, I, I think that, in, I think, like, Uri is, like, Uri is a guy that, like, you know, I've kind of said this since since the you know, I first started the tour, that mm. Uri is, like, Uri's biggest downfall is that you never get to see him surfing in good waves. Yeah. And, like... All the times that I've ever seen him surfing good waves, he has like really impressed me. Yeah, right. Like, I'm talking like all the biggest events I've done in front on, he was just like so much control um, in the big stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like pretty damn fearless. And like if you kind of think back to like, the past couple of years, like every time we've had like kind of a big swell or a big day in an event, like he's had like some of the highlights, you know, in terms of like big barrels. Like I remember you got this massive ride at Eureka one year. Yeah. Um, got this crazy pit like involved with a lot of control getting into the same at Quachada. Yeah, yeah. Yuri's uh, like a super well-rounded rider. He's really going on left. He's really going on right. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess he gets like a bit of you know people kind of bag him and whatnot based on like the fact that you know 
what their conception of style is. But um, you know, to me, Uri is stylish. He's yeah. What, yeah. Is, what, what the hell? What the hell is style even? What is you know? It's like style is the the the, the aesthetic of what of, in which you do something. Yeah. That is your style. So if someone has a style it's like very stylish mm. so like you know i kind of that's at least the way i see it like everyone's got their style and it's kind of cool like i reckon Yuri looks pretty radical there's some things that he does that yeah i don't necessarily like froth on i would you know but that's just my opinion you know mm. but he's a freaking insane body water mm. and um and i'm kind of looking forward to yeah i i, I just you know you know like i really look, look forward to about the tour this year is just like getting to see everyone again and um yeah I think this year more than any other year um, because I really think this might be like it could be the last year I do the tour uh-huh. but but this year more it could be you know mm. I'm not going to go out and fully commit to it but like it's definitely something that might happen but it's like I kind of like feel like really inspired to like go to events and just like really um, yeah, like appreciate all the all the all the things, you know. And part of that is seeing everyone surf. Like I'm really excited to get to freaking Akike. Like this wave in Akike that the event's going to be at. Oh, you've yeah, you oh, yeah, you and I have been out there, man. That wave is sick. Yeah, I think man. it's going to be this, one of the best events of the tour. I reckon the standard riding's going to be super high. It's so um, playful and dangerous, but playful. Yeah, mm. and it's like it's super high performance, and I reckon that we'll get to see a lot of people like you know really surf at a super high level there. Like maybe even. Maybe even better than we've seen people surf before because that wave is sort of like, it's a legitimate good wave. It's not like, okay, one wave's good, then there's like four bad ones. It's like, it's pretty mechanical. It is. I was going to say, and if anything, with the format that we go with, with this um, sessions format, uh, it's probably like the best wave on tour for that format because it is like a, it's like a wave pool. Like, I mean, it's it's yeah. about as close to the surf ranch as we can get in the in the water, you know, like it's um very predictable. Exactly. Exactly. So, mm. and, and at that at that event, at the Kike event, I reckon there's going to be some really good local guys in the event because there's yeah. that that place is like a little hotbed of talent. Yeah. In, uh, in Chile, so that is going to be a super exciting event to watch from a spectator point of view. If you know people watch it, is that um, there's going to be a lot of unknown guys. Mm. Um, and that's something I'm pretty excited to see this year because I really hope there's like some guys that surprise at each location. Yeah. And it's not just the same dudes all the time. And I reckon that Akika being the new spot, that's kind of going to be the that's kind of going to be the place. I'm also kind of pretty keen. I'm actually like I after last year I said I'd never go back to Antofagasta, but um, <laughs> but I'm but going back. Because the points year. and the money are there. <laughs> I'm going back this year because the points and the money, and I'm kind of keen to see if how that'll up the ante for people. Yeah, because I think I think during my experience, probably the highest prize check would be competing for. Yeah, um, I mean, it's pretty remarkable. And those, I mean, that's the great irony of bodyboarding, right? That, you know, the best wave locations rarely manage to find the most money. But the, yeah. the the places you could say are kind of more average waves always seem to get access to resources to make events happen. So, no, yeah. fair play to them. They put on a really great event. And um, I think it's just absolutely fantastic to see that they've managed to pull all those funds together and to put on, and they put on such a great event. So, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it as well. I think it's... um. But yeah, it should be interesting, and it's a hard wave to surf. Like it's definitely not a um, so bloody, so bloody hard. Man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, bringing, a, I'm, yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there straight after Kika and just try and surf as much as possible. Yeah, um, I don't have exactly have a good history there, but I'm gonna be putting it all on the line. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, look, I think, um, I think we've got a pretty good update for everyone on 
uh, Jared Houston's health, uh, well-being, and opinions on many different things. So thanks for that. I've got a couple of things I want to talk to you about after we um, press stop record on this. So um, just hold the line, but I'll say thanks to everyone for listening. And you got any last messages for everyone out there? Yeah, just um, yeah. Thanks for listening. And I've actually never ever listened to a podcast in my life. You are my such best a friend, jerk. My, my, my best friend Josh, like Josh <laughs> Cleve, he always he always hits me up and he's always like, "Man, like, have you listened to such a podcast?" I'm like, "No, nah, I haven't, bro." Like, so I'm actually I'm I'm gonna try and start. But, okay. Um, I'm pretty keen to get into them and see what they're all about. But um, thanks everyone for listening and. Um, yeah, hopefully I get to, I mean, yeah, and to all the Australian listeners, like, don't get me wrong, I love Australia, I love Australians. <laughs> the majority um, are Australians, actually, who listen to this, so, you know. Yeah, you like, I mean, um, Australia's, been a, Australia's been a really special part of my career, and I've had, like, some of the best times of my life there. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually really looking forward, I really hope that I get the opportunity to go back this year, because I've got so many friends there, and so many people I haven't seen in a couple of years. Mm. Actually, my best friend lives in Australia, and a lot of my South African friends live there, too. Yeah. So I hope I make it over this year, and uh, if I do get over there, feel free to feel free to get me in a headlock and tell me not to talk shit about Australians. But um, it will be cool to uh, to share a coffee with some of you legends. There you go. We'll, we'll end it there. You stay on the line. All right, bro. Took a while to get him on the phone, but uh, when I finally got him, we couldn't shut the hell up. <laughs> Hope you really enjoyed that podcast. Another huge thanks to Jerry for jumping on the line. Um, so much uh, discussed there. So, you know, if any of the listeners have any kind of like comments or questions on the content there, um, please feel free to share them. Um, yeah, and look, we all um, look forward to this tour kicking off in uh, in Brazil this year. Um, you know, the the sports are an imperfect one at times, but um, I think the, that everybody involved, um, the organisers, the competitors, the judges, the sponsors, the promoters, they all love it and they um, what they're doing is coming from a really good place. So or to all the fans out there who check in and, and, and follow the tour, you know, we all look forward to hearing from you and kind of having your support and um, we hope we can all put on a good show. That's that's the main game and just have some fun. So that's the podcast for, yeah, a little special one, a little special treat. The Spencer Skipper one's still on. Um, people are loving it. Huge thanks to him again for that episode. And um, probably going to shift to um, an episode with probably Kainoa McGee next. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again. The book, 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 the